And we are back, episode 17 of the Coffee Shop Podcast, with the man, the myth, the legend, Big Tricky Nick. Hello. And just the man, the mediocre, the not a legend, the Glocks and Coffee. <laughs> I don't know. You got that fishing deal going on, and you have blown by <laughs> both of our original accounts with that, so... Yeah, it's you ought to give yourself some credit. Uh, yeah, I'll have to give the fishing some credit. I think, I think the fishing community is, you know, it, does it say something good about me or does it say something bad about them? Do they just have really low standards or what? <laughs> they go either, either direction. Give me that fucking meany mouth <laughs> bullshit. Come oh, on now. Shit. You said you told me that the fishing community always supports each other. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I think I think they do. I've always thought that, and it kind of goes to show. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, I'll just throw it out there. No, it's not what this is about. I started a fishing podcast a while back, and that's actually not what we're talking about, but since we're already there by accident, Central Oklahoma Fishing, completely, I did not mean to do that. Central Oklahoma Fishing Podcast, also, I, I started it as a, they're not very good drivers on there. No, they're not. They're terrible. Rookies. Uh, Swift, if Swift was a farm driver. Uh, talking about the TikTok channel, it's FBC Actually, it's Fueled by Coffee Fishing, or FBC Fishing, I think, is one of the hashtags that I have posted on there now. But anyways, Fueled by Coffee Fishing is what we're talking about. It's TikTok and Instagram, and this doesn't have to be about that. Well, you know what's funny? This, this podcast originally started out as that. A fishing podcast. It did. It was going to start out that way. Yeah, it did, and it, it was what? One or two episodes yeah. where it was fishing. Yeah, there was. And it evolved into... This nonsense yeah. <laughs> that we have now, uh-huh. <laughs> which I'm completely happy with. There's nothing wrong with it. It went from okay to great. <laughs> I think it's turned into something a lot Absolutely. better. I have a little bit of a, a following and a little bit of, yeah, really, that's really it, a following. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That's always a good thing to have. It know? is. With the original podcast that I started with, we had a following of 17 people. You know, and that was, you know, it was pretty much like my like my friends. Yeah. You know, that would jump in and listen to it, and which I was very grateful for that. Don't get me wrong; it was a lot of fun. It oh, just sure. didn't work out like I wanted it to. But I always said that I wanted to do another podcast because it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing it, and just like this podcast, <laughs> I prepare like an hour before the, oh, yeah. <laughs> before we start recording. <laughs> So, you know, I was telling Alan, whenever, I was telling you whenever you got here, that I had one line filled out on my notepad of what I wanted to talk about when I got home uh, this evening. And so I sat down, turned on my farm sim, started sitting on my little AI box to start, you know, working on the fucking land, my virtual land that I don't actually own. But hey, it's cool. Um, I sat down and I just started researching what I want to talk about. And so now i got a full fucking page. So, there you go. Just like that. I, how do you find the time to put that much time into prepping, though? I have no idea. You get to put in an hour, I just make up shit. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. I'm having to go off memory, and then i got to fact check myself as I go on the fly. And just... <laughs> oh, so the last episode, we talked a lot about... Um, like the James Webb Telescope and mm-hmm. the conspiracies and then Shark Week. And, oh, yeah. Um, so, so, my deal is, again, like we talked about, you know, you're more of the deep sea kind of guy. I'm more of the space. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, enthusiast. So, <laughs> I, I, I gotta bring this story up because I saw it earlier today and I was like, no way. Sure as shit, there was a French scientist, and I guess it was a big joke, <laughs> he posted this picture, what looked like an infrared picture of a star. And he, and the post of it said, "Picture of Proxima Centauri, the nearest star to the sun, located 4.2 light years away from us. It was taken by the James Webb Space Telescope." Then the level and the translation of the tweet that he sent out read, "This level of detail, oh, a new world is unveiled every day." The picture ended up turning out to be a shot of chorizo. <laughs> And it was this big joke. But I guess he had to come out and apologize. Because I guess everybody got, like, really butthurt about it. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? That's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. That's kind of shit that I would pull. That's some out-of-this-world <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Chorizo. Of but all the, things. But the picture that he posted, it looked, you know, it was... Yeah. I could see it. I could see where it would look like... It would look like an infrared photo of the sun. And if someone was was, at first I thought pepperoni. <laughs> That's kind but, of, I mean, of course a fat guy's going to immediately go to food. Him, so. <laughs> but it, it's that is great. Chorizo of all things, and like I said, that that is a joke that is absolutely out of this world. It was. It's, I thought it was hilarious. I was dying laughing <laughs> when I read it. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" So <laughs> I love it. Stuff like that, and I wish. Wish more people had a sense of humor. I think that's a worldwide joke that everybody yeah, should appreciate. Absolutely. I, I think. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. It is. You know, I would applaud the guy. <laughs> you know, but apparently there's other people out there, some professionals, quote well, unquote, yeah. that didn't find the joke very amusing. And well, sm you know, how about smile? How about that? Let's try yeah. that. But oh man, so. Shark Week, Shark Week is over. It is unfortunately. Over. And did they find the Megalodon? No, they didn't. I, they, I was going to say, they might, they might have. I haven't been watching. But I'm going to have to go back and watch the Jackass ones because apparently Steve-O and Chris Pontius and all the guys from Jackass did some, uh, did some Shark Week Chris stuff. Chris Hemsworth did some Shark Week stuff, too. I didn't read that. I don't yeah. know who he is, but I remember the name. I've heard the name before, yeah. but I mean, I don't... Well, do you listeners out there that know who I'm talking about? He plays Thor. In the in the Marvel movies, um, he's kind of the big oh, thing yeah. now. You kind of see him everywhere. You he's know, got well, the big hammer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I hear Thor, I, Whenever I hear Thor, I weirdly think of a dirt bike apparel. Thor dirt bike boots. <laughs> I don't know why. That's exactly what went through my head. He plays Thor, and I was like, no shit, he plays a boot. <laughs> he plays a boot. <laughs> God, how fitting. <laughs> And the dad jokes and puns are going to be upon us tonight. And I really feel like i got a few of them that I should really not share ever. But I'm sure they may pop out a little bit tonight. And with that being said, knock knock. That's what she said. Oh, uh, who's there? You. Yoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo, big summer blowout. <laughs> <laughs> you know how the fucking movie Frozen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, big summer blowout is right because of school fixing to kick off and everybody out shopping. It's tax-free weekend. That is true. That so, is very true. As long as it's uh, you know, I've, I've closed. This is one of those times when I am, I'm a I'm a kid free guy. 
never had kids. Mm. I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a crap about tax free weekend. <laughs> yeah, but it covers everybody. All, co- all clothes. Yeah, I'll probably, even your, you know, well, yours, mine. I don't fucking clothes. My I mean, clothes are just fine. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, but, I, I wait till boxer season. You know, Christmas. Exactly, because that's when your your parents <laughs> or. Yeah. You know, your family will go buy you some shit like mm-hmm. that. Like, I need some more socks. Well, you gotta wait till Christmas. All right. I tell them I'm the same socks the last few years, and then I just go take it back and get the size because I'm too embarrassed to be honest. Like, damn, that big some bitch wears an XL steel. <laughs> I go trade it in. Can we, can we get one the size of a balloon? Oh, oh my God. Um, another thing that I had covered last week um, the Chinese rocket. That was supposed to come crash landing back to Earth, and not the ones that are going um, to Taiwan right now. So. Evidently, it did over the Philippines and into the Indian Ocean. That's neat. I'm so glad. I don't think that it hit anything, and if it did, we just don't know about it. Yeah, and I'm glad so, that it hit in the ocean, hopefully predominantly, and didn't hurt anybody or anything. But did you hear about that SpaceX rocket part that fell onto a farm? in uh, a sheep farm in Australia. I did not hear this. Okay, so, again, this is one of those deals that I just, I scroll through Facebook and I see it, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) So, evidently, some, and they're saying it's a part of a SpaceX rocket, it was like a nine-foot-tall deal sticking straight up out of the ground that had apparently fallen from the sky. Wow. And was just in the middle of this dude's pasture. And I, I... can you imagine, like, let's say you're a farmer, you're a sheep farmer, mm-hmm. and you're out there with your herd or flock or whatever the fuck you want to call them, yeah. and you come across this giant obelisk-looking thing in your pasture, like, what the fuck is that? The movie The Sixth Sense, come, Sixth Sense comes to mind. Some haunted <laughs> shit out in the field. You know, for me, I'd, be, I, I'd obviously have to go out there and check it out. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You get up close to it, like, oh, <laughs> that's a rocket part. Yeah. <laughs> I would be taking <laughs> pictures and calling local authorities and be like, how much y'all want for your part back? Mm-hmm. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, can, can I keep it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd, I'd, I feel like that's what I'd be doing. Yeah. I'd probably want to keep it. But in this world, it probably had been in a, if it had landed here, it would have been on eBay in about five minutes. Oh, you, you know it. So fast. And Elon would have to buy his shit back. Mm-hmm. Which is weird to me because I thought that SpaceX rockets return to Earth and land it. It did. And I did. No, I mean, like, you know, have you seen that? They land them and they stand them back up. They land, they land them back on the Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, what the hell? You haven't seen that? No. <laughs> okay, so it was a few years ago when they finally, they've been testing this for years. Mm-hmm. It was a few years ago, a few years ago, they finally pulled it off. Right. Or the booster rocket that, you know, sends the space vehicle in outer space actually comes back. Has like a return to home. And it lands. Just like a drone to return to Pretty home. Much. That is impressive. No, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it's was... completely unmanned. Wow. And it comes back and I, you know, they have, they have videos all over about it. I don't know where the hell I've It's been. the damnedest thing you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike the, like the Apollo missions or the, or the space shuttle, or they, you know, things would pretty much crash in, back into the ocean. They'd have to right. get a tugboat and haul it back. Mm-hmm. These will land where they want it to. They, they have these barges that they land them on that they're too far out to sea, I guess, and they have landing pads. Yeah. I don't know. In Florida, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, 
that's I, I know that's where they launch them. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the booster rockets will actually come back and land straight up. That is amazing. It's it's pretty cool to watch. And see, that was yes. the thing I was hoping I'd get to see when I was in Florida. Oh, yeah. I got to see the launch, but I never got to see the booster come Seen back. Seen that shit one come yeah. back down. That would have been. But they said there was they were there were barges out in the Atlantic yeah. that were gonna that they were gonna land. I was like, dang it! Yeah, I wanted to see that too. God, that would have been so mean. <laughs> yeah, then they just bring them back. But what's even crazier about those, like you watch these videos and you think these things are like not very big. Mm -hmm. Those rockets are massive. Yeah. So yeah, something, just in your video, they even were big in that distance. Something that big landing mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah, me. especially unmanned. Yeah. It, 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 wow. It, it, blo it blows my mind every time I see it. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those deals that you never thought could happen. You know, but... <laughs> Then again, my <laughs> whenever I was a kid, you know, my deal with technology is like if I could see somebody's face on a phone, yeah. that was the pinnacle of technology for oh, me. Oh yeah, and now that's like old news. Mm -hmm. You know, FaceTime is old news. Yeah, and now so I'm impressed by just about everything nowadays. You know, it's all yeah. I have that '80s and '90s mentality. <laughs> um, what else did I have from last week? Oh, that James Webb telescope. That one, yeah. Picked up that cartwheel galaxy. That looks neat. Man, that was cool. That was really, really cool. Um, the, the things that they're finding with that telescope are absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, I've seen some pictures from it. And that's, golly, it really is amazing. Oh, but it, it, it's wild. Just the things that, the advances that we've had and the things that they've seen and the things that they continue to find mm -hmm. that we have never been able to see before. That's, oh, wow. This is so damn, yeah. so damn cool to me, dude. I love it. You know, I've really never nerded out on a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff nowadays that are starting to get to me. You know, like, never really been into space like we talked about, but I'm kind of, there's some stuff, turn, you know, starting to turn that. Yeah. And of course, deep sea. I have nothing to report back on deep sea stuff. I have not seen anything that's, you know, just really stood out that felt, you know, uh, podcast worthy tonight. Not really. I haven't seen. I haven't seen them. Then again, I haven't really had a, a whole lot of downtime to really look into it this week. It's been, been a busy week. I should have done that earlier this afternoon, but I never got to it. No, I well, you know. That means I can find more stuff next time, <laughs> and have a little bit more structure for it. But I right. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of look up some more stuff about that and even the uh, space stuff. So, well, I think I got the space stuff pretty well handled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still like to know or read a little bit so I can be part of the conversation. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, what did you have slated for tonight? You know, I really didn't have anything all thrown. To, I had some ideas written down. Of course, I don't have my notebook in front of me because you know I like to be very unorganized. It's just part of my personality, my character at this point. But so I see you bring something different every time. So last week you brought your notebook. Yeah. This week you got your laptop. Yeah, I got a different notebook. <laughs> it's yeah. an electronic notebook with absolutely no fucking notes on it. Yeah. And uh, that's how I roll. Blank all the damn time. Shit. <laughs> but, I mean, in all reality, we can just go anywhere with it tonight. But I will say this. 34 years old. I know that doesn't mean shit. But 
I've never been a movie person. I've never given a shit about fantasy stuff or anything remotely close, but I've partially listened to Harry Potter number one. I'll go by numbers. I don't know what the hell they're called. Didn't get interested in it. Didn't give a shit. But then I watched, I started Harry Potter 2 until the kids fell asleep a while back. Well, I was flipping through HBO Max and found it the other night and we watched it after dinner. And I gotta say, after all these years of Harry Potter being out and even owning the books, I never read them. I just, you know, had them because it's a cool thing to have. I collected them. I finally watched the majority of Harry Potter number two, the right. whatever it's called. And I gotta say, kind of actually hooked. Kind of want to go watch them again. Yeah, there's quite a few more movies after that. I know. I was. I noticed that today. I was like number eight or something like that. I was it's like, it's pretty interesting. Wow. So okay, you start back with number one though, because I have no idea what the hell happened after he killed a snake on number two. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're gonna do tonight. Uh oh. So you can actually take a test and figure out what house you belong in. So what house? The different houses in Hogwarts. Like Slytherin? Like Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, and Ravenclaw. I thought Gryffindor was a person. No, that's a house. That's the house that Harry... Oh, Gavin, Gandalf. <laughs> I really need to go back and restudy this homework, don't I? Is it on the <laughs> <laughs> To save my ass, we did watch Return of the King a while, you know, okay. a couple weeks ago. So I saw Gandalf in that movie. What the fuck? No. Who's the dude with the long beard? That's Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Okay, so whenever I took the test, I got my my house is a Ravenclaw. Okay. So it's the blue one, basically. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna figure out what house you belong to. Uh oh. So let me I'm I'm sorry guys, I'm looking up this on my phone, so give me just a second. Let's see here. Hogwarts sorting. Let's put in my 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 But I think I've already. All right, you're going to give me your email because we're going to do this too. My email? Yes. Okay. Just type it in. Type it in here. Okay. So it's a fan club. Essentially, but you can probably. Am I going to do a password? Yeah. I can't access it right at the moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't. Well, you don't need to. We're going to do it from my phone. Oh. We're going to make this a thing on the podcast. So we're gonna figure out what house Alan belongs in. So I'm a proud Ravenclaw. I love it. I love it. It's not letting me. Oh, sign up now. I gotta make a new deal. It wouldn't let me because uh, I don't have an account to sign into. Oh, let me, let me see. Or did you already figure it out? Ah, uh, slowly getting there. So Ravenclaw, and then what'd you say the other ones were? You have Hufflepuff. You have Gryffindor and you have Slytherin. Slytherin, okay. Slytherin's the bad guys. I mean, not not really. I mean, they there are some bad people associated with Slytherin, but it's not it's not like a bad 
Uh, oh, I don't know what would you call that. It's not. They're not all bad. There's it. There is a huge explanation of like what a Gryffindor's traits are, or what a Hufflepuff's traits are, or whatever. And it's not that Slytherin are just evil. You know? mm-hmm. I just I can't remember what they what they were. I just remember the Ravenclaws were like creative and they were smart. The Gryffindors were passionate and clever or something like that, but have you gotten there yet? I don't know what I'm on all that you do from there. I don't know. Get sorted now. Okay, so you're probably gonna have to answer some questions. Alright, let's do this. Okay, choose one. Moon or stars? If you hear any background noise, that'd be my pet mouse, also my daughter. Uh, stars. Stars. Okay. Let's go stars. Okay, a troll has gone berserk in the headmaster's study at Hogwarts. It is about to smash, crush, and tear several irreplaceable items and treasures. In which order would you rescue these objects from the Trolls Club if you could? A nearly perfected cure for dragon pox. Which one would that be? One, two, or three? Um, two. Two. Student records going back a thousand years. Well, that's what I'd get first? That's what you get second. Okay. Or, yeah, or first, first or third. Uh, first. Okay. And the third final thing, a mysterious handwritten book full of strange rooms. So that'd be your number three. Okay. If that's, I mean, if that's the way you want it. I, I don't even know what they are. So that's what I would be going after? Yeah, that, the, so, so the first one you get with the records, the second thing you would get would be the dragon pox thing, and the third thing that you would try to get is the rune book. No, first would be Dragon Pox. Reorder items. And then... First would be Dragon Pox. And then the records. Records, and then... And then the book. Okay. Which of the following would you most like to study? Merpeople? Centaurs? What are these? I don't know what this is. Mermaids. Centaurs are like the horse people. Ariel, what's going on? Werewolves? Vampires, goblins, trolls, ghosts. Which of those would ghosts? You? Ghosts. Yeah, I like spooky shit. I'm gonna go ghosts. Okay, after you have died, what would you want? What would you most like people to do when they hear your name? Ask for more stories about your adventures. Miss you, but smile. Think with admiration of your achievements. Or, I don't care what people think of me after I'm dead. It's what they think of me while I'm alive that counts. Damn, that's a hard one. And all of the above is not an answer, is it? Of course it's not. Really not. It is a speak to a manager. Yeah. Let's go with the, let's go with the uh, last one. Okay. The one. No. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't want them to ask about more adventures from me, though, to be honest. Okay, if you were attending Hogwarts, which, which pet would you choose to take with you? A cat? A toad? Or an owl? 
won all of them. You can only pick one. This is bullshit. <laughs> now, if this was an arc, I could pick two. Uh. Ow. Would you would you want to, excuse me? Would you want it to be a barn owl, a tawny owl, snowy owl, snowy owl? You want to say the other one? Sure. Screech owl or a brown owl? Snowy owl. Okay. That's one of my favorite in real life toys. Okay. One of your housemates has cheated in a Hogwarts exam by using a self-spilling quill. Um. Now he has come top of the class in charm, beating you into second place. Professor Flitwick is suspicious of what happened. He draws you to one side after his lesson and asks you whether or not your classmate used a forbidden quill. What do you do? Tell Professor the truth. If your classmate is prepared to win by cheating, he deserves to be found out. Also, as you are both in the same house, any points he loses will be regained by you for coming first place in his place. You would not wait to be asked to tell the professor the truth. If you knew that somebody was using a forbidden quill, you would tell the teacher before the exam started. Lions say you don't know, but hope that somebody else tells the professor the truth. Or tell the professor that he ought to ask your classmate and resolve to tell your classmate that if he doesn't tell the truth, you will. I'll probably go that route. Because yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't believe in the whole snitches get stitches, but I think it's all about integrity. Somebody's going to, yeah. yeah. Well. Once every century, the Flutterbee bush produces flowers that adapt their scent to attract the unwary. If it lured you, what it would smell of the sea? Home, the crackling log fire, or fresh parchment or paper. Fuck. I like seeing crackling fire, so that'd be hard. Smell the sea, because I'm going to go towards it all the time. Okay. I like the sea. I'm a deep sea guy, I'm ocean guy. Choose one, left or right. Son of a bitch, right. Well, that might have been it. But that was it. Let's see which house you get. All right, let's do this. What is it? Gryffindor. Hell yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? What's Gryffindor do? Are they good, uh, are they good guys? Do what? Are they good guys? That's the same house that Harry's in. Obviously, of course I'd be in there. <laughs> so I'm a, Gif- a Gryffindor. You're I'm a Gandalf and Dor. You're, you're a Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, that's that sums that up. <laughs> well, now I'm just going to be big-headed about this. <laughs> So, well, yeah. and you know, now that that is out of the way, I guess I could complain with everything. Harry was cheating. He was using a. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> I'm gonna tell somebody. I don't know that kid. I'm in a different. I'm in a different house. <laughs> oh man, well, he's the goofy go. kid that looks like Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> That's his cousin and Uncle Gandalf. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you were serious about it. <laughs> I was because it's I not Gandalf. Well, fuck me. That's what I've been saying for one. No wonder I get weird looks. I'm oh like, my god. Like, Is that Obi Wan Kenobi? Hey. 
No, but you know what's when funny? The, when the little laser swords come out. But to even add more to it, you know, Nathan's dog is Dobby. That's from yeah, and it's from that. And the whole fucking time till they're not, I thought it was from goddamn Lord of the Rings. I'm like, I've watched the Lord of the Rings, but I've never seen a fucking Dobby in here. <laughs> well, it's because it wasn't in there. I was looking. Yep, it's in Harry Potter. Yeah, so I was, I was all sorts of <coughs> Gandalfed up. But now that I know that, I can definitely see where Dobby gets the name Dobby. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and, yeah, well. Yeah, well, there you go. You've been placed into a house, and that's a house that you had to stick to. I'll stick with it. So, mine was. I'm uh, honored to be there. Yeah, mine was Ravenclaw, and I was kind of, ex- I was, I, I didn't expect that, because they say that, you know, the Ravenclaws are, like, extremely smart, and I'm like, oh, I'm not that smart. <laughs> but it, I guess it's because I'm creative. Yeah, I, was like, I am very fucking creative, I will say that. I say, I think Harry Potter standards, you've got what you need to so, but hey, Ravenclaw, that's not a house that you hear of very often. It's not one of the more popular houses. So I was like, ah, sign me up. Mm-hmm. That sounds good to me. I don't like being front and center. Right. <laughs> I like being, I, I like being the Harry Hog in the Cold Trickle story. Mm-hmm. I like being behind the scenes. Yeah. Pulling the strings from behind the curtain. That's the way to do it. So, <laughs> that's my thing. That's what I like to do. But, okay, so... Now I'm going to have to go and watch it. The big topic that I wanted to talk about today, and I know I had mentioned it to you last week, um, the futuristic city they're wanting to build in Saudi Arabia. Right. Called The Line. Mm-hmm. Basically, it is a giant side scraper, side scraper, skyscraper mm-hmm. that is pretty much on its side. So, on the website, um, they talk about the dimensions of this building, and I'm, I've already done my calculations of what it is and like our measurements, but they said it's 200 meters wide, 170 kilometers long, and 500 meters above sea level. So, I translated that to 600, 656 meters wide. So, what is that? Two football fields, okay. roughly. Two football fields wide, 105 miles long, and then 164. Or I'm sorry, 1,640 feet above sea level. 100 miles long. 100 it's a miles building? long. So basically, so it's not a skyscraper. It's a horizon scraper. Pretty much. Yes. yes pretty much. They didn't say how high it was going to be, though. They didn't really specify that. And I think there's a reason for that. Like, basically what they're wanting to do is have no, hardly any impact on the environment. No cars, no transportation of any kind other than walking. Wow. So basically it's, it's everything stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. There's multiple levels in this thing. You were going to pretty much work in the same area that you live. That'd be nice. They'd separate factories from housing or residential and stuff like that. Um, they talk about nine million people can fit in this city or this building or whatever this the line. It will create three hundred eighty thousand jobs, and it, the original estimate for building this thing was $500 billion. 
That is crazy. So the original idea for this came out in 2017, but for some reason, I guess it's now gaining traction over the last five years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know quite how I feel about it. That's stupid. So, I, I'm a movie guy. I watch a lot of I watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. You see things like this in movies, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Judge Dredd, like the the one that recently came out like a few years ago with uh, Carl Urban playing Dredd. They have these mega cities where people basically are stacked on top of each other. Wow. And the crime rate is just absolutely out of control. I can see why. Because so many people are compacted into one little area. Right. And that's the thing that I foresee happening in this city mm-hmm. is a lot of crime. Because there's a lot of places to hide. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like any regular city. Right. But that'd be the only real concern I would have other than how do you know what to build? How do you plan for that? Yeah. You know, because cities aren't cities aren't planned out whenever they're built. Like a small town turns into a small city, and then it turns into a big city, and then it turns into a fucking metropolis. Yeah. They don't plan that shit. They plan it as they go. Yeah. It's just a seed, and however big so, it grows, how big it grows. This building, they're planning on building it, and I guess filling it? How do you know what your needs are going to be? Is it going to be... I think years of studying. Maybe. Trial and error? Out the ass. Be a lot. You would think that they would do some kind of test run, though. Because I know cities like this, like this that they've tried. Uh, Kowloon City, right? for example, was one of those cities. Failed miserably. Now, that may have been the, the region of the world that it was in. Yeah. But I know that it is very much abandoned. It may, well, it may not be abandoned, but yeah. it's not what... Not what they thought. It's not used for the intended purpose. I just don't see how it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the <clears throat> the idea of it, I like. I really do. I just... I, I would like to see it. somebody explain it to me. I can't even fathom how that would be. Just think, you know, kind of thinking about it. It just seems like... So, I'm having a problem getting past a 105-mile building. Yes. And that, that, I mean, from what I'm gathering, they were going to build the building before they even fill it. So even for me, like whenever I play Fallout 4 and I'm building a vault, mm-hmm. I don't just build the entire vault. I, I have to start with the atrium. And I have to start with uh, quarters for the, for the inhabitants, right. the dwellers. And then I have to make different areas for them to go the clinic the cafeteria blah 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 blah. yeah you know weapon storage where's the where's the lavatory at where's the reactor room at you know you build as you go that blows my mind that they're going to build this gigantic thing pretty much predetermined like that that, that's wild to think about yeah just thinking about it i feel like it's going to have to be one of those that's easily disassembled and changed. Yeah, I built up freaking Legos or something. I mean, shit. Because you never know what you're going to need. You know, you, you can't tell somebody, like, well, I know this is what you do, but this is the room you have to work with. Sorry. Yeah. Good luck. There's nothing else we can do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, unless you want to move 70 miles down the building <laughs> yeah. and leave all your friends and family behind. Right. You know, what if you do need to get from one side to the other? Do they have, like, some kind of, like... Who thinks it's worth a train? train? So, yeah, some like kind of transportation system. system or something like that that's going to be integrated into the building? Mm-hmm. Like some sort of a monorail How do something. you get there? Yeah, because you have to walk 105 miles from here to Fort Cobb is about 52. Right. So just think of a building that long. That's, that's only 52 right. miles. I mean, you'd have to... Oh, my gosh. That... I, I just don't see how it's going to be feasible. Yeah. Because you're going to be... Okay, it's like living on a cruise ship. Yeah. You know, you're going to get cabin fever really fast. Oh, yeah. Tired of the people around you. Tired of the people around you. Tired of the view. I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing about being able to get in your car and go. Mm-hmm. Is you can see different things. Can you imagine going on vacation and never leaving the damn building? Now, yeah, no shit. Just, I'm just going down the hallway. I'll be back in next week. Leave yeah, me. yeah, just leave me alone. I mean, maybe there's people out there that enjoy that kind of thing. That think it would be an appeasing uh thing for them but for me i'm just like i don't think so like i like, no. I like driving for one <laughs> um i don't think that i want to be that close to that many people yeah all the time and in a building all the time yeah it'd be you like know? a prison it would it would absolutely be like it would be like a very very luxury prison because you know how those folks are over there overseas like in Dubai and stuff like that everything is absolutely gorgeous and everything is it's a highfalutin society mm-hmm. you know everything that they do is phenomenal that's how I feel like this place would be but it, like at the same time it's like <laughs> yeah. why why would you want to like do that but I guess I don't have the same mentality as somebody that lives in like Manhattan well Basically, like how it pretty much is over there. You're stacked on top of each other, and you don't have very much room to do shit. You know, I, I don't know. I would like to get somebody's perspective on that and see what they thought about it. If they lived in one of those big cities, and give me some insight into what they thought about it. Yeah. You know, but to me, it just—it's so weird that it's gonna be everything's gonna be predetermined. They're gonna build it and then fill it. Yeah. That's. I can't get past that. <laughs> I really can't. Makes me think of, fine, of Minecraft because I'll build a really big house on Minecraft and then I can't I can't fill it. Because I have no idea what I want in there. Like what do I put in this corner? What do I put in the middle? Why do yeah. I not have any walls? You know, like Or yeah, I mean even the same with the vault on, on Fallout 4. Yeah. It's like you can build a gigantic vault, but what are you gonna put in it? Right. Where does thing where are things gonna go? What is it? That's the hardest part about it. Yeah. Building the building the deal is not. I'm not going to say it's not easy. It's it, it's easy. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be the easy part of it is getting the structure built, but then having to figure out where to put people or put businesses or factories or whatever. Yeah. You know, stores and markets and all that kind of stuff. Where is that stuff going to go? I just it had to be centrally like, located. <laughs> well, if, it, I mean, can't be centrally, it can't be centrally located. Well, no, but if it's 105 miles long. Or, you know, know, it, had, it has to, I mean, is it going to be like a market level? 
Is there going to be like a residential level? Is there going to be like a business level? I mean, I don't, I don't know. They didn't really give much detail into like, honestly, how tall the building was going to be. Right. What level was going to be what? You know, I mean, I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. I think that would be fairly interesting. Mm. You know, but the, I don't know, five miles long. Yeah, I can't get past that. That's that, the hardest thing to sit here and try to wild. imagine. It's <laughs> a lot of concrete. It is a lot of concrete, a lot of glass, a lot of steel. Yeah. And a lot of money. $500 billion. Do you see how much so, the IRS won in that lottery? I did not. The IRS won $800 million, I think. They won more than the guy did that won the lottery. Because you got to pay you know, your taxes on it. $800 million. Pretty sure that's what it Fuck said. The I may have, uh, yeah, I may have... Just read it, but fuck the IRS. You know, they want to take their their part. I'm trying to change the subject. I just thought about it whenever you said 500 billion. You know, me and my buddies were talking about that, or me and one of my buddies was talking about that, and like how much you would actually make if you did win the one billion dollar uh, jackpot uh, from the lottery. And my guess was about five five hundred million, like half. Yeah. His guess was about three, but now come to find out, it's fucking. You only win two hundred million. Of it. Is it two hundred million or four hundred? Yeah, it wasn't. It was two hundred million. I was about to say it's not that much. I guess it is a lot, but I mean, I mean, yeah, that's just a load of money. You don't have to ever worry about nothing again. Yeah. But, you know, still. You know, you win a billion dollars. Everybody. Everybody in the world knows that you won a billion dollars, <laughs> but you only took home two hundred thousand. Yeah. Now, what if you do like the the. The payment. Would you? I don't get, know. I've heard you, about that. You, you get, get more? more. Yeah, I've heard that you get more. Not a whole lot more, but you do get. You know, you do get know. more. For me, I'd want the lump sum. Yeah, I'd want all of it. I want the lump sum. And a few different banks. Don't put it in just one. They put it. Uh, the first thing that I would banks. do is hire a lawyer. Yeah. I would want it to be. An, I think. I think in Oklahoma, you can be anonymous. Yeah. Like you don't have to like post your name or. Some states make you do that. Can you believe that shit? Yeah, it's bullshit. Shouldn't be. I'm like that's that no because you're gonna come home and there's gonna be somebody that'll kill you. Well, that and you've got friends and family that are gonna be coming out of the woodwork that didn't want shit to do with you that are. I think that's your rid- best friend now. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous that they would have to make the lottery winners post their names or whatever. I'm like that's dumb. Yeah. You know that's definitely. Oh, I went the wrong fucking mark. Um. That is definitely not something that I would want. You know, yeah, like my immediate friends and family. Oh, you bet. Yeah. I'm calling them like, oh my God, guess what? Guess <laughs> yeah. this is I'm going on vacation. Um, For life. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> going on a fucking cruise and I'm not coming back till I'm ready. <laughs> I'm going on 16 seven-day cruises in a row. <laughs> I Honestly, I would I would move to where I wanted and live oh, there yeah, for too. a while. Yeah. I feel like I'd... I've always, you know, it's fun to talk about what you do if you won a large, you know, a large amount of money. Yeah. And I always said the same thing. I'd probably buy, you know, land in Texas, like a ranch or something with a pond and a stream going through it. And uh, a beach house and a lake house. Nice. I don't know why. But you honestly, know, if you have that much money, you don't have to fucking have an explanation either. But. Honestly, like, if I really approached it logically, um, I would pay off my debt, first thing. Yeah. Like, I'd ha- well, I'd hire a lawyer, first thing. Right. I'd pay off my debt, like what I owed to everybody. 
you know, because I have a little bit, you know, let's just get it taken care of and get it knocked out. Yeah. Um, I'd honestly probably buy me a shitload of fucking land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, you know, I'd get a contractor out there and start building the house and building yeah. the shop and stuff like that. And, that the shop would go up way before the house that we got <laughs> yeah, done. So you know, go get you one of those little cheap campers you could park in there for a little while and I start buying fucking cars. And being a competition with Jay Leno. I don't know I don't know too much about well, if I had two hundred billion, I guess I could. You don't have uh, to you don't have to know a lot about cars and you got that kind of money. Uh, see but for me I do know a lot about cars. I know exactly what I want. Yeah. And I would have a fucking shop full of 70s, 60s and 70s muscle cars. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be going, I want that one, and 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 I want it shipped to this address, and yeah. I want it here by this date. Yep. <laughs> Damn right. I would be one of those guys that had, like, a, a different car for every day of the week. Hell, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, I think. Like, hmm, today I'm going to drive my 69 Yanko Camaro, and then tomorrow I'm going to drive my Roadrunner, and then I'll next day I'll probably drive the Super B. And, and then occasionally throw in a Ford Pinto just to fuck with people. <laughs> <laughs> He'd come rolling in a little Pinto. No, see, that's what I would do to fuck with people that think I don't have money. Yeah. I'd go get me, like, some shitty, like, Ford Maverick or something like that. Uh-huh. all rusted, fucking falling apart. <laughs> fucking pull up. Like a Ford dealership or something like that. Like wanting to go buy like a brand new truck yeah. or something like that. Well, you know, just go in there wearing like a ratty ass fucking oh, yeah. t-shirt and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think I want me one of them platinum trucks yeah. right there. What's a platinum? <laughs> just a platinum. Exactly. Can't pronounce. What's a platinum? Can I get one of them platinum It'd be so funny to fuck with those salesmen. Oh yeah. And See then, how they treat you. They treat you like shit. If they, they, they treat me like shit, you know, I'll end up buying the truck. And just be like, oh, by the way, would you like to see my bank account? Yeah. <laughs> What's your number? And watch that fucking look like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think mine would be close to what yours is. I'd get an attorney, debt, and then it'd be land. But it'd be land in Texas. Like I said, it'd be a ranch. I don't know why, but I just, I've always said that a ranch in Texas would be the way I go. I mean, if you tell people you've got a ranch, like, oh yeah, we're at Texas. That what do people have to ask? If somebody says I got a ranch, <laughs> I it yes, that's the question. That's the answer. Texas. Oh. Your next, I have a ranch, and yes, your next question is, yeah, it's a yes. It's a Texas. Oh, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I would have a nice house, like you know, in Heaven's Wedding Room, Florida, by the beach. I think I'd have to do that. I don't know if I'd buy one. Actually, you know what? Yes, I would. I would buy a property in Cape Canaveral. So I could walk a walk. Walk a walk. Walk a walk. Watch rocket launches <laughs> in the summertime. Because that's pretty much where I'd hang out in the summer, is Florida. Yeah, you where it's warm. Um, I don't know if I'd buy land in Texas. I don't think I would. I'd buy some mountain land, like in Oregon or something. I'd buy some. I mean, I, I'd buy some here. You know, I would. Uh, one thing that I, I, I am leaving out, I am being kind of selfish when I'm thinking about this. <laughs> like, my friends and family, like, here's a million dollars. I'll give them a gift card. Here, here's a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, brother, I mean, I'll take care of people. Yeah, like, my, my folks and my, and my brother and his family, I'm paying off everything you, you have. Yeah. You just have money for life now. Yeah. 
you know, my nephews, I'd set up a trust fund for them. Oh, yeah. I never have to worry about money. My buddies, I'd do the same thing for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't set up a trust fund for them. I'd be like, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Set up your own damn trust fund. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here. Well, you know, like like you. Like, I'd give you quite a bit. Like, set up a trust fund for your kids. Yeah. You know, all my buddies with kids, which is pretty much all of them. <laughs> set up a trust fund for your kids. <laughs> you know? And you win the lottery. You'd have a wife and... In no time. I sure would. Really quickly. Uh, actually, you know what? No, I wouldn't. That's exactly how I would. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I would definitely have money set aside for my two kids. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I would be. But I'd still be saying. If I got married, I would be one of those people that, like, if you, as long as you're, like, faithful to me, I'll share the money with you. No. But there is not going to be any prenuptial agreement. This mm. money does not belong to you. Yeah. You're going to sign this little thing <laughs> yeah. before I we even tie the knot. Mm-hmm. Like, if you divorce me, if you decide to divorce me one day, you are not taking half my shit. Yeah. This is mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't like, I, don't, I don't like gold diggers. Never liked gold diggers. They there's come out there's of a the, few about other. You, right? they, they would come out of the woodwork, though. Oh, yeah. They sure yeah. would. And if you're listening to this and you're a gold digger, we're not hating on you. You're just not our preference. <laughs> you wouldn't like us anyway because yeah. we're broke as hell. Yeah. <laughs> If you think of yourself as a gold digger and you're listening to us, you're not. <laughs> just, just be honest. So I guess the little farm that I've got built here, this is pretty much what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> if I won that $200 million lottery. Which you actually already have on the game. So I, mean, I do if, have $200 so, million. <laughs> yeah, like you actually do have $200 million on the, on the game. So it's, uh, <laughs> if you want to see what, what a ranch would look like, this is it. Yeah, and I pretty much already own half the map. Yeah. <laughs> All you lack is a 100-mile building right through the middle of it. That's right. That's 600 feet wide. Yeah. Okay. Be a giant storage container that goes through fucking four different counties. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but that's a cotton field. <laughs> it was kind of hard to tell with all the white, white coating on or covering on. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, the one thing that I do remember saying is when I was a kid is I would probably, I'd probably have a plane and learn how to fly. That would be pretty fun. That would or a be helicopter, but I don't know. Why just hire a pilot? That's expensive. We can afford I can it. Afford it. Right. Yeah, be all right. We can. That's gonna buy me like a private jet. Mm-hmm. Like, where? Well, where are we going today, fam? Yeah, I so we can just go anywhere we want. As group, friends, family, people I don't even know. Shit, yeah, make friends at the bar. So Y'all want to go? It would be like a gigantic airplane, you know, just like one of those Learjets. That's know? why that's what I was thinking, citations. Yeah. I love citizen citations. Just get one of those and bam. And speaking of that, you know what? It's funny how we're on this topic and it actually just came to mind. Guess who actually has a, private, a pilot's license and who just added a Boeing commercial jet airliner to their list of planes that they can pilot their license and the license to fly and they fucking, if I remember right, bought their own Boeing jet for personal use to fly themselves places. John Travolta. Yep. Yeah. That was good. That's fucking cool. That is pretty cool. Lucky son of a bitch. Well, okay, here's here's another one. Did you know that the P-51 Mustang that they used in Top Gun Maverick, the most recent one that came out, there's a P-51 Mustang in it. Tom Cruise owns that he flies it. Oh shit, that's cool. I'm like, what? I like P-51. Tom Cruise just became my favorite person ever. Yeah. 
He owns a P-51D Mustang? God, Are you fucking kidding me? I got to sit in one when I was younger. One here in the city. Miss America? No shit. Yeah, that is show. my favorite World War II plane ever. Yeah, it's amazing planes. It's not my favorite plane ever, but it is my favorite World War II mm. plane. So since we're on that subject, yeah. what's your favorite plane? Civilian? Mm, civilian. Okay, let's, let's, let's change it up. Civilian, military. Let's have two different deals. Okay, on the civilian side, I know I'm, I know I'm really dissecting this, but I want to make sure I get the right answer or answers. Civilian side, we talking prop, turbo prop, twin engine, mock, or jet? Just pick one. Fuck! This is <laughs> I. Assess the citation for civilian. Okay. I don't even know what I would pick for civilian. <laughs> That's kind I know of so many. I know so many planes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What is that one that you were showing me pictures of or videos of? That that bush plane where like basically it needs like zero runway. Oh, that, Cubcrafter. Cubcrafter. That yeah. I that is that is too Those cool. are some good people. And Cubcrafter, if you're listening to this, since we do follow each other on TikTok and have talked, thank you for introducing me to the shit you have. I, they are amazing. I have watched so many videos of that. And they're affordable. Plane. Yeah, they are. It, I mean, a hundred grand, but I mean, a fucking F one fifty is a hundred grand now. Yeah. So I mean, forty to hundred grand, I think. But yeah, they'll take off in like twelve foot and they'll land in like. 18 foot or something. Yeah, it's amazing. I love and it. They, and you can get a snow ski setup, a water setup, or the all-terrain. They yeah. get the, the bush tires. Okay, so, all right. So C- be citation. between that, Citation and the, and the okay. Cub Crafter. I, I'd have to. Cub Crafter's definitely mine. Yeah. yeah. That plane is too damn cool. Yeah, and they are stout. Yeah. Okay, military. Holy fuck. That's a hard one because there's, I don't like fighters. I've never been a fighter guy, ever. But, I would have to go, if we're talking old shit, P-38 Lightning. Okay, okay. Um, you know, that's that's a sweet-ass plane. Okay, but what about newer, newish, Cold War era, you know, whatever. doesn't even have to necessarily be a fighter. It could be a reconnaissance aircraft. So I'm going to go ahead and say mine. Mine is always going to be the SR-71 Blackbird. That is a badass plane. I wish I it would have that plane. Zero armaments. Mm-hmm. But the fastest moving object that has ever flown. Yeah. Ever. That is a tough one. That I like I like the Blackbird, but I think I think because of what it does, and it sounds like a very intimidating name, in my opinion, for to anybody else, but I think a really cool one that I'd like to learn, learn more about is a nuke sniffer. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, but so it's a plane that can go up in the air. It's called a nuke sniffer because it can actually track. It can essentially sniff out traces of nuclear warfare as really? it's flying. So if somebody was to actually, you know, have something fixing. You know, I, I don't know. This is probably wrong. If you're a fucking nuke person, there, fortunately, you're listening to this, then fucking send me an email because I, I, we need to talk and we're close. But. And in fact, if you actually work with those in your military, fucking hit me up. You're going to be on here because <laughs> I got questions. I will send you a fucking link and we will be talking. But and if you're also <laughs> a listener that used to fly SR seventy one Blackbirds, yeah. oh yeah, or worked on them, uh-huh. give me a shout out because I want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you on here. Send you a link, get you on here. <laughs> but I, yeah, it, it can pick up traces of it. But it's yeah, it's called a nuke sniffer. Uh, but nice. I, I thought that that's neat, and it's gained more and more of my interest just because of what it is so i think i gotta i gotta pick my top three or top let's say let's say top five 
of out of every military. Okay. For me, it's military. Like, you yeah. Know, Blackbird's gonna be number one. Right. P fifty one Mustang number two. Mm-hmm. B seventeen Flying Fortress is gonna be number three. Beautiful plane. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the F eighteen Super Hornet. It's gonna be it's my beautiful. number four. Yeah, that's a good plane. Number five, my final. I'm gonna have to stretch on this one here. Um. Oh my God, what is it called? The Dauntless. The dive bomber. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember what those were called. WC-135, Constant Phoenix. Constant the Phoenix. Network. Nice. Japanese Zero. Oh, and you know what? I take that last one back. Mm-hmm. C-130. AC-130. Yeah. The gunship. Yeah, those are badass. <laughs> if I was going to have a few of them, I'd, the Japanese Zero would be one of them, which I was using Pearl Harbor. Yes. I do like the Japanese Zero. And because I mean, it doesn't have to be American. You know, I like old stuff. That design that they had for that aircraft was stolen from Howard Hughes. Really? Which is the Huey? Howard Hughes the Huey helicopter? No, I'm talking about the the, the Zero. No, I know, but didn't he the one that designed the Huey? The Hound Dog. He may be. He may be. I don't remember now. But I do like that. The Japanese Zero. I don't know why, but I've always liked that. It was very. Uh, Modern for its time. Mm-hmm. It said it was one of the most modern aircraft in World War II. Yeah. Behind like the Messerschmitts. You know what I think? I would have to add the Anatov. I would have to add it. It just got destroyed in the Ukraine incident. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, that is a big. That's the biggest fucking plane. Mm-hmm. You know, next to the Spruce Goose. It was actually it actually flew. They. It was in. It was in service. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so. Such a, Beautiful plane, right? Quiet. Did you ever hear the, uh, the the L.A. speed story with the SR seventy one Blackbird? Uh huh. Okay, so this SR seventy one it was it was going from New York to L.A. or it may have been just doing like a routine flight over L.A. Mm-hmm. So a Cessna pilot asked center for a readout on his ground speed. Center flies November Charlie one seventy five. I'm showing it ninety knots on the ground. There was another plane that came along. It was a Twin Beach. I have you at 175 knots on ground speed. Then out of the blue, a Navy, Navy F-18 pilot comes out thinking he's, you know, the big Billy Badass over all these two little planes that oh, yeah. just called out. And let's see, what did he get clocked at? We have you at 620 on the ground. Shit. Well, then the guy that was... And the guy that's been flying the Blackbird has been hearing all this. Yeah. So, he pipes up. <laughs> and he says, Los Angeles Center, Aspen 20, can you give us a ground speed check? Aspen 20, I show you at 1,842 knots across the ground. <laughs> Radio silence. Yeah, that's <laughs> Fucking mic <mind> drop. <laughs> Well, it was funny is that F-18 pilot just thought he was a Billy Badass. Yeah. He was like, oh, I got these Cessna guys. You know, whatever. You know, you got it slow. Uh, let's show him how, Blackbird. Hold show him how big my balls are, you know. <laughs> here comes Aspen 20 and the, uh, <laughs> and the Blackbird. Hold my beer. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, that's one of those planes ever got shot down. Not one. Well, there ain't nothing could keep up with it. Nothing could. Just, Missiles couldn't even keep up with it. I was like, rockets are running out of fucking propellant before they ever mm-hmm. touched it. 
A WC-135 Casa Phoenix is a special purpose aircraft derived from the Boeing C-135 Stratolifter used by the USAF and it is its mission is to collect samples of the atmosphere from the atmosphere. I'm going to go to work tomorrow but had a quick glitch but I don't know do you work tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's exactly. Uh, quick glitch here. Oh, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, on the recording, so I don't know where I where it lost me at. So I'm just gonna kick it back off really quick. WC-135 Constant Phoenix, a special purpose aircraft derived from the Boeing C-135 Stratolifter used by the U.S. Air Force. Its mission is to collect samples from the atmosphere for the purpose of detecting and identifying nuclear explosions. So that's it. It's called a nuke sniffer. And. Huh. Like is, after the fact, like after one's already gone off. Yeah, but I think you can actually pick it up. Like if there's something, there's something else about it. Like you can actually pick up traces of it. Oh, that's good looking. Street Bob, one fourteen. I like that's a big motor too. One hundred fourteen to begin. Pretty badass actually. Sorry, oh, I'm yeah. just scrolling Facebook yeah. while we're talking here. And no biggie. Found a pretty sweet bike. But I figured I'd share that since Nuke, Nuke Sniffer, you hadn't heard of it. I don't think it's a really common one. I hadn't heard of it. So I figured it would look a lot like a uh, uh, AWAC with like a huge dish on it or something like that, but it doesn't. No. It yeah, like AWAC's only one of the dish on it. Yeah, that's airborne warning. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, 135s are also, that's a strata lifter, and then there's obviously the tankers, and there's mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. levels of the strata tankers. So it's the same airplane. Mm -hmm. No shit. Yeah it's, just, yeah, it's just modeled different. I've seen so many of those. Those tankers. Yeah. Well, tanker is here. Tank. Yeah, that's that's where they're based, aren't they? A lot of them are. Yeah. That's pretty. But cool. this is not. I mean, there's well, probably no, one but, here occasionally. But yeah. I don't well, know where I mean, these come from. That's what they talk so, about. You know, they had a group of uh, F-35 pilots fly through what three, two or three months ago. Oh, yeah, I think they so. They came through. Which. I'm kind of torn on that. I like the F-35. I think it's a badass plane. Yeah. I wanted the F-22. You know it's a single-seater? The F-35? Mm-hmm. I believe that. That's why they didn't use it in Top Gun. I don't know. I learned that the other day, too. I don't remember where I heard of that, but yeah. Well, it's something about they didn't want, like... Well, it was the highest dollar circulating. plane, too, right now in the fucking Air Force. One of the highest dollars they have. U.S. Air Force wasn't going to just loan out a plane that of that level. Plus, plus those are two kind of planes for Top Gun. Well, I think it was like some kind of clearance deal too. Like they didn't want the F thirty five on the movie. Well, that's it. Yeah, I think reasons. a lot of things. Yes, I think a lot of their. I think there's a lot of it, but I know one of the ones that was talked about was because it was a single seater, and those need to be two because then, you know, and that makes perfect sense because they in that movie they did use F eighteen. So spoiler alert, sorry. Mm -hmm. Most of what they're flying, actually, what they are flying in that movie are F 18s yeah. which I was like. And if you're diehard Top Gun, you've already seen it, so don't act like you're yeah. butthurt that we said. <laughs> now, F 18s have been around since the 80s. Yeah, they've been around a while. You know, and there obviously there's different variations of every different aircraft. So you got Absolutely. the F 18, you got the F 18 Super Hornet, mm -hmm. you got the F 18 Hornet. And yeah. There's a whole bunch of different ones. You know, that's what the Blue, I mean, if you don't know, that's what the Blue Angels fly. Yeah. They're all F 18s. Um, very versatile aircraft I guess mm -hmm. but that makes total sense because they they went up against like new gen Russian planes like yeah. the new MiG right. I'm like that looks like an F-35 mm -hmm. or what the equivalent of an F-35 yeah. I'm like why are they flying fucking F-18s <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah well there are some people but that had questioned it and then they're come to find out it was but I'm glad that they went with the F-35 I wanted the F-22 That'd be neat. I fell in love with that plane when mm -hmm. it first came out. That was a that is a cool ass plane. Yeah, 
Still know a whole lot about fighters, but I don't know those. I, you know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. And if it were me, and I had the capacity to join the Air Force, that's what I want to do: be a fighter pilot. Yeah, like that's absolutely what you I want to start doing. Do that. We're out of that league. That'd have been neat. Yeah. Um, but that that'd been super cool just to fly any of those planes, an F-15, yeah. F-14, and F-18. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be happy with the Cessna F-16. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but you know, one thing I did get into when I was younger, believe it or not, I'll have to show you some pictures. I don't have videos of them. I got pictures. I did fly hot air balloons when I was younger. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I flew them, flew in them. <laughs> but I did fly them, too. I was, I was learning a student pilot, yeah. Like planes I've ever been in are jetliners. <laughs> yeah. I've been in those Cessnas. In fact, landed at Tinker and came back to touch and go at Tinker. That's pretty cool. Clarence, I'm gonna do that. System 182. Yeah, we did that. When Clarence did, did touch and go at Tinker, touch and go at Will Rogers, took off Will Rogers, touch and go at Tinker, touch and go at Wiley Post, back to Will Rogers and landed. Oh no shit. On the fly line. Yeah, we did that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, flew in uh, several hot air balloons, several helicopters with no doors. Turning about 300 feet above the ground doing that, you hear that rotor launch, pop, 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 pop. Really? Oh yeah, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, cool. I turn, I'm turn, I'm like this, talking to the pilot, and landing like this, and then I turn, and I'm looking at the horizon, and we just do this, and I'm looking straight down in the fucking pond, and it's, you can hear that rotor wash popping, like whenever they turn, they're no going by. Shit. Through the adrenaline rush. I mean, it was. I did, that. Boing, that's what. Point. <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. That is awesome, though. That's yeah, really I loved it. It was a fuck. It was amazing. I actually got picked up where I lived out west of town in a Bell 206 Jet Ranger. Actually picked me up in the backyard out there a few years ago. Got pictures of that. Right no there shit. Out in the backyard. Yeah, it's cool knowing people back then. Now they're not really allowed to do yeah, that. But. One of the neater things that I saw. I don't remember what what helicopter it was, but I was working at a, a Dodge dealership in a Chickasha, or the Dodge dealership in Chickasha, mm -hmm. I should say. And there was a, re a Western Sizzling kind of. They, I know where that's at. The parking lot was kind of connected, mm -hmm. but not. You know, they had like little, those little small barriers in between. Yeah. But they had like this big field that was behind the dealership and the Western Sizzling. Right. One day I'm working, doing my thing, and I hear a helicopter, and it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so I walk outside, and this helicopter is landing in this field. And I'm like, shit, what the fuck's going on? Somebody being metaflighted out of here? Mm -hmm. No, they were going to lunch. That's funny. I they literally that. went inside the Western Sizzling, eat, and then fucking left. Was that air evac? I don't remember what it I was. So they're known for doing that shit before in the past. It was a maroon. I don't know. It might have been a private. Uh, air evac's blue water. I didn't think you could do that, though. Just land a chopper wherever you wanted. Yeah, you can if you got clearance. It's over here. <laughs> if you're not, you know, if you had, normally you'd have an LZ set up. But yeah, you can. Where you're at. They, yeah, these guys, they landed the chopper right there in the field and walked into Western Sizzling and had lunch That's and then they left. That is funny. I, Fuck I, Rush Hour, we'll fly over and, here. Uh, and, and, you know, us, you know, simple folk up there at the dealership are like, That's some bitch. Look at that shit. <laughs> and in Chickasha, we already know how those people are. Shout out to some Chickasha guys. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, that, that was. Chickasha wasn't. Really. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Flying in a helicopter is fun. A helicopter balloon is fun. It's because there's no wind. To me, in my opinion, because you're moving with the wind. So it's really quiet. You can actually have conversations. Like, we're a couple hundred feet above ground talking to a guy on the ground. Below us, we're just cruising by. Just, no you don't shit. have to yell. You're not screaming like in the movies. Yeah, because you're moving with the wind. So it's just, 
Yeah, it's it's peaceful. It's neat. You go over yeah, ponds, you go over like ponds and creeks and woods. The deer don't even know you're there. So you're flying over deer until they look up, and then they're kind of like, "What the fuck?" But okay, yeah. And then, and of course, cows—they're just fucking stupid. But if you're flying over ponds and shit, like we did a splash, it's called a splash and dash. It's where you pull the you you pull. In case of the balloon part, it's called an envelope. You got your basket, and inside the basket, you have the part that opens up the parachutes at the top. Parachute's not what you're thinking for like skydiving. That's what's in the balloon. So shaped like you know a standard balloon would be shaped like a light bulb. Okay. And up in the very top, there's a flat spot. And if you look in pictures of balloons on the horizon, you'll see a flat spot. That flat spot has a rope in the very middle that pulls down. When it pulls down, it opens around the top and lets a hot air release. Hot air rises, lets hot air out, brings the balloon down. Ah. So you pull up harder, you're going to drop faster. And then you got the igniter, which you got single, dual, triple, and quadruple flame. The burners, right. which obviously right. self-explanatory. So... Yeah. We let off. We, were, we this one happened to be a four burner we were in. It was a four person balloon. It was just me and Daryl, one other guy. That, he was the owner, and we were just goofing off, flying. It was just one of those things. Like you want to fly? Like fuck it, let's go. So we went. We did a splash and dash. And what that means? We lowered. We come down. We you know you're moving with the wind, so you can't steer a balloon. You know, like in the movies, there's people that can. You can't. I mean, there is some it's ways you can go spin it. Yeah, so it does have spinners to where you can spin the balloon, but. See, the, the thing is about wind is that different altitudes go in different directions. Right. So if you need to go north, you just find the direct, find the altitude you need that will help you move. But understand that when you're going down, you might need to overshoot because it may bring you back this way. So anyways, real technical to try to do that or bring up right now. Splash and dash. You basically come down and the basket goes into the water and back up. It just splash and dash. Well, so, as we're coming down, you can see the fish swimming as we get closer because you're above them. And you're not disturbing the water. There's no oh, rotor wash from a helicopter. And there's shit. no wake from a boat. So it's like you're a bird flying. So you ever think like a bird has really good eyes? He can see that fish. Well, you can too in a hot air balloon. Assuming the pond is somewhat clear. I mean, wow. but you can. It's neat. Oh, I so, think I got pictures of it. Let me ask you a question. And then you're talking about the wind directions whenever, you, whenever you're up in the air. Mm -hmm. Whenever wherever, Where you take off from, is that usually where you have to land? No. You no? can't in a balloon. You can't go back. Well, I mean, you just talking about like finding different wind directions. So I didn't think that you had to. No, that's you why you got chase crews. That's where you, you just land wherever. You land where you can. Like once you get up in there, a lot of times, like how we always did it. And I, I had a lot. I had several flights, but on all the ones we did, we would have you know our, our winds are normally going this. Right, so we're going you know north northwest. Most of the time we're in North Oklahoma City anyway, so we already knew what's up there. But say we were flying, we flew Bentonville, Arkansas one year, and none of us are from there. We're all from here. So whenever we were up there flying, we looked at a map, saw where there's you know some open fields, plus you know some people at the airport were helping us out. Right. So when we take off, once you hit, once you get to, you know, cruising elevations, maybe 500 feet, maybe a thousand. We went way higher than that. Um, I think we went five, almost 5,000 at one point. Wow. And that's fucking far in a balloon. It's not that far in a plane. That's just, that ain't shit. But when you're in a balloon, when you're in a wicker basket looking down, it's it's high. But we went, yeah, I think we hit almost like, 50, it was either 4,800 or 5,200. I don't remember what it was. Holy shit. But, and they go higher than that. One of the guys locally that I know, he goes he goes double that. He'll go up in the clouds and disappear and come back. Wow. I don't know if they're allowed to do that now, but we they can do it back in the day. Well, wasn't there a movie about that? Like, the, one of the first balloons built, they, like, took it to the very limit yeah, well, there's a couple of them that yeah. did that. Yeah. But in the around the world, 
in a balloon. Well, that hell, was really there was a video not too long ago, or well, I say not too long, it was like 10 or 12 years ago, mm-hmm. but a guy that was literally, the, this balloon went into space. Yeah. And he jumped. Yeah, that was a Red Bull. And came back. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Red Bull balloon. But it was a balloon, yeah. Yeah, went up to the edge of the atmosphere and jumped. Mm-hmm. The world time, fuck that. There's so much that could go wrong right there. But the thing is, whatever, if, I mean, if it goes wrong, you're not going to know about it until it's too late anyway. You're going to wake up with a bright light and stand <laughs> yeah. in front of St. Peter. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, that's like, that's super cool. That's way, way cool. I never, never really knew about that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's definitely neat. It was a lot of fun. But yeah. when you hit, whenever you get up in the air, what you're doing is you know what direction you're pretty much going to be going. Because I mean, the wind's not going to change that much in different altitudes. It can, but not likely. I mean, it can. It's the world. It's the atmosphere. But you'll start looking at the horizon. But the thing is, is like the balloon we were in carried 40 gallons of propane, carried 10, I mean, four 10-gallon tanks. Okay. So you're switching out. You know, you run this one low. As you know, you're getting low. You switch the tank. And generally, you're in a... You know, you can get a good hour, hour and a half flight. Maybe if it loses a lot of hot air because it's got an old envelope or anything or it's leaky, you're not going to get as much, you know, air right, time. Right, right. But you're going to start looking at the horizon. Okay, I got this field here, this field here, this field here. But I know, guys, what I was just talking about, actually, he had like an hour and a half flight and only went like a mile because there was no wind whatsoever. Any altitude he was trying to go, he could not get movement. So he actually just pretty much stayed above Memorial up there in the turnpike. Couldn't go anywhere. He just fucking sit there. He can't do nothing. Yeah, I mean, the wind's not blowing, but I mean, there's nothing really much you could do. Well, and when they land, they don't have wheels. They just touch and drag. Yeah. And a good, you know, I say a good pilot, even good pilots will have a rough landing once in a while. But when you land, you just kind of touch, you skip a little bit. And if your flight crew or if your chase crew is really quick and they, or you're, you're radioing back and forth with the two-way. Right, right, right. But as you're, if you're communicating with them and they have, all right, I'm going to go to this church parking lot right here. There's nobody in it. We're gonna land. We're gonna try to land on the backside. They'll get there before us, and then they'll stage out there. They'll leave the chase truck or whatever it is in the trailer out here, and then as you're landing, they'll grab it and hold on to it, and they'll just pretty much walk it, and then pull you down, and they'll walk you back to the truck. No and shit. Then, then to lay it down, you got a crown line coming off of it. One guy'll grab it. He'll he'll take off, and then you'll lay the basket over as you're draining the hot air as you're pulling that chute, and it. Literally just pulls the balloon over like that, and then it actually goes into a giant bag, and we all pick it up, throw it back in the truck. Or in the oh, truck. shit. Yeah, they go in a, they go in a bag, a, yeah, like a backpack. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, that Huge, big and weighs yeah. 700 pounds. But. <laughs> and the basket, the canopy on the basket has pins. They, they all come undone. You undo the ropes. It turns upside down, goes inside of the basket, and it'll all fit inside of a trailer that's, you know, it looks like a goat transport. Or oh, horse, shit. Pig transport, yeah. That's pretty damn cool right now. <coughs> yeah, I got a lot of pictures of it. In fact, I still know some. May have to may have to go up there one of these weekends when we're out flying. I'd still know I a bunch know. of them. I don't know if I want to go ride. <laughs> well no, but you go up there and just hang just go hang out with them. Yeah. You crew you can crew with them. You know, you meet them and just be on the chase crew. You just ride in the truck and help them. Help them land, help them set up, help them set up. You know, you got the balloon once you people do it differently. What we would do is we'd lay down the basket, we'd get everything hooked up, do a burner test run. Turn off the burner, lay it on its side, hook up the envelope to the basket, pull it about 12 foot out, and then you have a giant fan on the fire department and be an exhaust, you know, like an exhaust fan, you know, for blowing smoke out where it is this. It's an engine-driven fan for filling the balloon up with cold air. Right. And that's how it inflates on the ground. Okay. So they'll turn that on, rev it up, and as you got a couple guys pulling the envelope out of the bag, you know, it's getting bigger as they're pulling it. 
Right. So it gets long, then you'll turn the fan up a little bit higher. If it's not already up, and it'll start opening the mouth up. Once you open the mouth up, you get one guy on each side to hold it open, and then you can start the burner slowly and start shooting hot air in there. That fire goes 10, 12 foot. Right. That's the thing. It'll start shooting in, and as that hot air goes, it'll start to expand. You know, it'll go from just kind of folded over like this, and it'll start to lift itself up and unfold itself and do a balloon, and then you'll stand, as you're standing up with the basket, the balloon's helping you. That's how it stands up, and you got a balloon. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool. I know on podcasts, you can't see me doing all the hand gestures. YouTube it. Or, actually, coming up, what a fucking great segue. Next weekend is the Oklahoma Hot Air Balloon Festival in Shawnee. Nice. So, <laughs> I think it's next weekend or weekend after next. Perfect. So, that's fucking amazing. I didn't even think about that just yeah, now. Right. But that is, actually, I think, next next weekend. I... Perfect timing. I'm going to look it up just because it's brought up. Oklahoma. Perfect fucking timing. It's going to be in Shawnee this year. It's, it's uh, fucking A right there. Uh, August 12th and 13th. There we go. Sold. So if you're into balloons or you want to have an idea of what I'm talking about, uh, there you go. You can go see them. Yeah, pretty goddamn cool. Looks like they'll probably be doing some moon glows. If you don't know what that is. They stand up the balloons after dark. Actually, right at dark. They don't fly. Can't fly. There's no lights. Can't fly. Oh, yeah. You can do tether garage, which means you're tied off. Only go a couple hundred feet. But a moon glows yeah. whenever they lie on the ground. Or they're on the ground. They stay on the ground. But they light it up every little bit. and looks like a giant Christmas light. Oh, because shit. that flame is so bright and big that it'll light it up like a light bulb. And they'll take turns doing it. And they'll do moon oh, glow. Oh, shit. Yep. yep, it's called a moon glow. I so, kind of want to see that. Yeah, I'm not I, I think I'm going to go next week. I think I'm going to take the kids. I, I think, think I think we ought to go. That sounds pretty damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a neat deal. I've, I never been, I've never been to one of those events. I mean, I see really? them every now and then. Like when I'm driving to work or something. Like, oh, cool. Fucking Art Overland. Yeah. Never actually been to one of those events. So that's, I think that's something I need to add to the things that I have done. Well, I know. I'll have to introduce you. I still know probably about half a dozen of them that'll be there. No shit. By name. So I'll have to introduce cool. you to a few and you can kind of crew with them. And that's, you know, I can tell you a little bit more off of this. I can put on a recording deal. But yeah, you meet them and get in good with them. They're good people. No shit. Some, some, some of the nicest people on the planet. I think that sounds like a fucking plan. Yeah. We're going to do that next week. I think we've got plans for next weekend, y'all. Yep. Yep. Just so you know. <laughs> and on that episode after that, it will and be hey, brought up. Maybe, 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 since it's a week away, why don't we get some of our listeners out there? Can do it. Come hang out with us. That'd be pretty cool. Do like a fucking meet and greet, man. Yeah. That, we should do that. Yeah, Dude, if you listen to this, you want to go to the Bloom Fest. Come that out sounds there. great. Let's go, y'all. Send us a message on the Facebook Messenger, on the Facebook group. That's Coffee Shop Podcast Facebook group, or not group, page. Or message either of us on uh, Instagram, Big Tricky Nick or Clocks of Coffee. Follow us or share or whatever, and then send yeah. us a message. Let's meet up out there and hang out. Have a have a corn dog and walk around looking at hot air balloons. Watch them take off and fly and do their moon glows. And Hopefully it's not windy and they can do everything that they normally do at Balloon Fest. It's neat. The big one is in Albuquerque. There's like 2,000 balloons taken off at once. Oh, balloons. shit. Yeah, that's, big, that's, the, that's the biggest. That's yeah. pretty cool. It comes once a year. In fact, I'll show you some pictures off here in a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, we talked about the nuke sniffer. And I just want to touch on it real quick, really lightly, because I don't have a lot of information on it. Did watch another part of a show on HBO Max. So we talked about Chernobyl. Talked about some of the stuff that happened out there uh, the April of 1986. And uh, the, the docuseries on HBO Max is really, really good. 
it is scripted. It is hired actors and stuff like that. But there's another one called Chernobyl, The Lost Tapes. And I've got to tell you, if you're going to watch that, be ready to read all the subtitles. It is in all Russian. And it is true interviews, videos, and pictures of those days. And to see it in that point of view, that is not a scripted, you know, remake. Man, I'll tell you right now, it hits different. There is some scary shit that just doesn't... I mean, these are real people that you saw. These aren't actors. These are the people that were there that day, that night. You know, you're seeing pictures of it, and you're seeing record, or hearing recordings of it. And that that's that's intense. I, that was much more intense than the series was. And, oh, I mean, shit. I... I'd, like I said, it had the hair stand up on the back of my neck, but I take really deep interest in that shit too. Well, so. yeah, I mean, so do I. I, I'm definitely gonna check that out. I'm really it's worth see it. That. It's like an hour long, hour and a half. I wish it was longer. It could be ten hours long, and I'd watch it twice. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I wish it was actually. To be really honest, I wish you'd go watch that Three Mile Island. I will. I'm going to deal. It's on. Yeah. I believe it's still on Netflix. Um, like you said, chilling stuff. It is. You know, make your hair stand up like you talked about. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to see that. I want to. I want to see. I want. I want to know the eyewitness accounts. I want to hear yeah. about it. I want to hear what they heard. I want to see what they saw. It's scary. And honestly, did you ever watch the docu series? I haven't. Okay, so there's going to be injuries on there on the docu series. And so on a spoiler alert. It's common sense at this point. So there's injuries you see. They're they're scripted. They're makeup. They're you know they're done with right. artists. But on the one that's in Russian. That is not makeup. <laughs> you see the real shit, and I'll tell you now that it's gory, nasty stuff does not bother me. But there was shit on there that really made me think, like, wow, if there was to ever be another incident like that, you know, hopefully not. I, I can't even put it, like, put words to what. I mean, it was just the amount the pain those people, a lot of those people went through mm-hmm. and just pretty much watching their their skin just fall off. Yeah. So, you know, just, there's an elbow just hanging out. Jesus. And it was a radiation burn. And it's, it's scary. But that, watching it on there and seeing it, like I said, it's just, that's absolutely amazing to me. Yeah, radiation, that's a, that's a scary deal. That is a scary deal because it's not, yeah, if it might, I think what they say is it feels like a burn like it's basically unraveling your DNA from the inside out. Yeah. You are literally falling apart. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That sounds like a horrible way to die. Yeah, it's horrible pain. And they were talking about it on there. They interviewed people that had, you know, that had seen it, you know, witness counts. And maybe people that had it that somehow, I don't know if they necessarily overcome it, but there's people on there that you know, are still here. <laughs> You know, I mean, as far as, like, the people that you're talking about, the, the gory kind of stuff, there absolutely is no way back. No. From that. And no, not at that. No, those people are not here. You're, you're no longer here. Yeah, there, a lot of them were dead within a, couple, within a week. I, I, and I honestly don't even think that even if you get a, a large amount that won't kill you, it's still going to kill you later. Yeah, you're going to have, yeah, there's going to be a lifelong effect. Irra- irra- like, radiation is just something that, 
can't get rid of. You, you don't heal from that. No. There's always going to be a long-term damage. Mm-hmm. That's what scares me about radiation. Yeah. You know, like a burn or a cut. Yeah. Usually you'll walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Even even a gunshot wound. Yeah. I mean, it depends on where it is. Obviously, right. if you get shot in the head, you're probably not going to live. Um. You you can survive a gunshot wound. You can survive a knife wound. Mm-hmm. You cannot survive. You can you can survive an explosion. Yeah. You cannot. I think radiation to a point because I got blasted in the oil field. Yeah, I got blasted by by nuke by nuke source. It was for a downhole, and it still scares me. I mean, it wasn't but very briefly like that long, but that's all it takes. Yeah, that's and all I, it takes. I don't remember the strength of it, but I do remember when the door fell open. So it was on a pipe. We use these different types, you know, gamma rods stuff like that to go downhole that read get different readings and shit. The rock and you know just mm-hmm. under underground. Anyways, you use a special tool, and I think I talked about it on here before. But there's a truck, there's a spot on the truck. It's called the pig that holds two different sources. You got the low end and the high end. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was that fell open on me, but anyways, whenever you open and close the door, you got to stand behind the deal, and you have a rod. It's pretty long. It's got a, a handle that free spins, and you got another handle that spin, you know, that moves it. Right, right, right. And then you put it on there, and you spin the you spin the door off and open it, and then the tool goes on to the the source and it spins it out of its housing that's in the rod and your tool and you pull it out and then you go put it up and then you use that to close the door uh but anyways i was standing there and the door had been I, they don't the engineer didn't know if it was stripped or what but anyways i was standing there and i was holding the rod up like this and they're working on the, this bottom piece we're at a rig down in texas and uh anyways the source door's right here by me it's closed so i'm safe and actually it's about I think it's like right here to me to my neck or to my nose well anyways I turned like this because I felt something like in my through my hand like I felt like a like a weird you know like you know like it hit that you can feel it in your hand that fucking source door fell open that source was looking at me right in the face and I fucking moved back real quick and flicked it shut you know I had gloves on cotton gloves ain't no shit but flicked it shut and I was like hey you guys didn't that fucking tape this thing or something and they walk over to the tool and turn it I'm like the fuck I'm already holding it you might just should just hand me a damn wrench but just that long but I jerked back I mean I, you don't know what hit you but you know, I got the zap bite for just a second it was, damn. It was weird <laughs> but didn't feel nothing it was just a millisecond well, that's what they say you don't feel anything like when it first happens <laughs> hey that's what's wrong with me uh, it was just a quick millisecond they said you said it was right here yeah Maybe. Maybe. That's all it takes. Supposed to be better looking. That's what it... (laughs) 12 years ago. Fuck you, Weatherford Warlock. That's what they... I mean, that's... From all accounts, that's all it takes. The guy that was messing with the demon core... Yeah. At... I can't remember where that was. Was that Mm -hmm. Alamogordo? Um, Where they were trying to test that little core of plutonium. And something fell... Like a little brick. Like a reflective brick, like, fell on it. Just momentarily... Yeah, like it fell and he picked it up, and that little moment, mm-hmm. that re- that core went super critical, mm-hmm. and there was a you know bright flash of light and he was irradiated and he died like a week later. Yeah, well, I'm still. No, I'm sure that's not <laughs> what you were messing with. Is no. weapons grade plutonium? No, it would no. This but, was very low, low strength compared to a lot of that stuff. Right. Yeah. But so it's still radiation. You know, yeah. it's a radi- radioactive source. And you still have to go through special training, and you have to wear a special little badge that actually meters it. So, 
I had to, and I'd been testing with that meter and then another meter, and I never had anything that was out of numbers. So I was still in safe amount, right. but still scary. It's hey, we, we get bombarded by radiation every day. Oh, yeah. Every day. Daily. You out in the sun, you get a sunburn, guess what that is? Mm-hmm. That's a radiation burn. Yeah. It is. It is. You'd be right. Yeah. It is. But there is a safe tolerance for a, for a, for a human being for life on this planet. Yeah. We get we get bombarded mm-hmm. with radiation every day. It's just not enough to make yeah, a difference. And it's a different kind of radiation. It's still radiation, but I mean it's not. Well, I mean even like the harmful gamma rays. Yeah. That are traveling so fast, which we need to still do that experiment. By the way, I really want to do that. Yeah. Um, you get bombarded by those. They're just they're out there. It's just not enough to do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing like what happened at Chernobyl. Nothing right. like what happened at Three Mile Island. Nothing like. What happened at Fukushima? Yeah. Which that's another one I want to research. Yeah. Because they okay, so Fukushima is the most radioactive place on Earth. Did you know that? No. Uh-uh. I didn't either. I thought Chernobyl. Was yeah, that's Earth. what I thought Chernobyl was. It's not. Hmm. Not even close. Well. Fukushima, the one that what 2011, 2010, when that. Yeah, the tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It is the most radioactive place on Earth. It's fucking weird. I want to look into that. Yeah, we're going to do some research. Mm-hmm. We can make our own damn docu-series. <laughs> Take that, HBO Blomax. We're completely unqualified, but, you know, hey, listen to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's true. I saw it on Wikipedia. I read it on the internet. Read it on the interweb. I read it on them damn interwebs. Well, some of them documentaries kind of makes you wonder where they got their information anyway. Sword. But on that, no, of course, you didn't. You, since you didn't see the docu series, you don't know what I'm talking about. There's a blue light after the explosion. To see that, what it really was, and without Hollywood effects, seeing it, the real video and pictures of it was a really oh fucking shit factor. That was crazy. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was crazy shit seeing it on there. No. And I've said it before on these episodes, on several episodes. I'm gonna say it again. If the, if the world works out this way. I really want to go on a trip and tour Chernobyl. I'd love to go visit Reactor 4 where we'd be allowed to, you know, where we as tourists would be allowed to. I want to go see the sarcophagus because I remember watching the docuseries about that. Yeah. Well, you can go right up to it because you can actually go in the reactor room, the control room. You can go in there now. Mm-hmm. You just have to wear their special shit. And yeah. if you do get, you, have, you get metered before you go in and at certain checkpoints throughout the tour and if you actually go over you have to go through decon, or you can't leave. Right? Yeah, of course. But I, I, I remember watching that series about the, and it's not. I guess it was a docu series. Yeah, it was about the sarcophagus that they built to go around. Yeah. That I don't know the facility, mm-hmm. and just the, the the amazing feat that they accomplished by because they had to build it off site. I mean, obviously you couldn't build it directly over yeah. the facility because your crew would be irradiated within a week. <laughs> They had to build it off-site and then move this gigantic fucking thing over yeah. the reactor. I look and that was, that was fucking wild to see that. Mm-hmm. And they said it's good for 500 years? They just had to renew or re-update some of it in 2020 or 19. Oh, really? 18, yeah. Yeah, they got to do, you know, upkeep on it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, upkeep. Plus the weather. Yeah. And, you know, Russia. But 
They said it'd be good for up to 500 years, and yeah, like then they'll have to put another one. Yeah, because the life of the actual the material is like a thousand yeah. years, and even more in some cases. Well, they talk about some on some uh, elements, the half-life. Just the half-life is like 10,000 years. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I said, you watch, you watch both of them. Watch the docuseries and then take a break for the night, or for a night or two, and then go watch that. You know, let it sink in and then go watch the real shit. Man. I really want to see that. Do you have HBO Max? No, but I can get it. <laughs> so, well, I can too. I, I got this login information on my phone. Um, no, I really want to see that shit. I really do. It's cool, man. <laughs> I can turn it on right now. Shit. I, I'm not a sicko. Like, I don't want to see people, like, falling apart. But well, no, I get I, that, but I, it's I the science of it. at the same time. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's the science of it. It's, you know, you I take wanna, an interest. I want to see what radiation can really do to you. Yeah. Because I've heard so many stories... Mm-hmm. Um, who was that Japanese guy? Most irradiated man on the planet. Oh. And the story that they told about him, how they kept him alive. Oh, fuck. I know what you're he talking was, about, but... I can't remember the guy's name, which I'm sorry. I'm not, to, I'm not trying to not do you justice, sir. But yeah. um, it was the first real case that they had seen of somebody being extremely irradiated. Mm-hmm. And they kept him alive for weeks. Um, just to study him. Can you imagine? Actually, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the amount of pain that he was Hisashi in. Uchi. Yeah. His that's, eyes that's were leaking blood. Yeah. Holy it, shit. It, they were keeping him alive. Yeah, 83 days. 83 days. For 83 days, that man suffered. But in the name of science. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Hisashi Ushi, if I'm saying that wrong, the name wrong, I say my own name wrong, so don't be offended by it. You know, and Hisashi Ushi was helping a colleague pour liters of uranium into a huge metal vat at the Tokamira nuclear power plant in 99. Due to a miscalculation, liquid reached critical point and released dangerous neutron radiation and gamma rays into the atmosphere. And also understand, if you're still with us through all this, we're not trying to be like fear-mongering. Look it up. Just type in Japanese irradiated men. So I'm trying, we're not trying to spread fear, just more like awareness, really. I didn't know it was in 99. I it's thought it was recent. in the 70s. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, whenever we were talking about it. Jesus, last. so I was... Oh, my God. That was... Shit. 23 years ago. Flatlined by re- heart attacks multiple times, or regularly flatlined from heart attacks. Wanted to be revived by the insistence of his family. 83 days. The only reason that he's still not, they didn't keep him alive any longer, his only escape would be a final cardiac arrest. So. I mean, it was like... It's an MCI, myocardial infarction, heart attack. It was... Oof. Like, everything had failed in this man's body. Everything. Did it say how old he was? 35. 35 years old. Exposed to about 17 cyberts of radiation. Now, I don't know what cyberts are because I've only been reading the Russians, or the Ukrainian side of it, right. so I don't know what that would translate to on there maybe maybe it's not language maybe that's actually an amount that I've just never heard of 
Hang on, I'm looking up what the safe amount of radiation. The highest radiation ever recorded was Chernobyl. April 26, 1986, Chernobyl Reactor 4. So, <clears throat> for members... Okay, the individual dose limit for radiation workers averaged over five years is 100 millisieverts. And for members of the general public is one millisievert per year. So he was exposed to 17 cyberts. And that's how much? Uh, that's higher than what we what we were talking we're, about. We're one millisievert. That's normal for everybody. So I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to do the math. 17,000 millisieverts? I guess so. Or would it be million cyberts? I'm going to guess 17,000. Well, it said he was leaking from his eyes. Fukushima, Japan is the most uh, radioactive. Uh, next would be Chernobyl. Next would be the Polygon. Next would be Hanford. Geis, Brazil. I may be wrong on this love on this deal. I'm just reading a deal from uh, online, Lanks Industries. Um... Remember learning half-lives of isotopes in Earth Science Chemistry, if not professional memory? This is a list of commonly used radioactive isotopes in their half-lives. Uh, we've talked about plutonium. Uh, 238 is 87.7 years. Okay, so, you know, average American lifespan. Uh, I'll say average. Alan's average for these statistics that are completely made up. Plutonium, 239, 24,300 years. Uranium, 4.5 billion years. Uranium? Uranium is 4.5 billion years, according to Lanks Industries. And that's the half-life. Yeah, right. Is that what it is? I guess it would be half-life. Yeah. Half-life. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Cesium-137, that's what they used in... What is... Oh, cesium-137. What is that? We talked about it at one point, but I don't know if it was on an episode. It is, it's life. Half-life is 30.2 years. Tritonium-90 is 28 years. So. And again, this is all stuff to cite where we're talking oh, from is Lank Industries. That's what they use. Or Lance Industries. Lank, Lank. Radiation therapy devices for treating cancer. Oh, so that's that's cesium-137. That's why it sounds so familiar. Okay, yeah. Man, that's probably what they use in the oil field as well. I bet you it is. Uh, let's see. In industrial gauges that detect the flow of liquid through pipes and in other industrial devices used to measure the thickness of a material such as paper, photographic film, or sheets of metal. That's probably what they use in the oil field. Probably pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that is the power plant is completely shut down. Experts believe, and that is what was that? Chernobyl. Sorry. Oh, season one thirty-seven. So Chernobyl was mm-hmm. really. That's what this document. So it wasn't says. even that. So it's not even the. Well, this I mean, it's, a, this is a Stanford. That is industrial grade, though. That's an industrial power plant, so yeah, it, it, that makes it's sense. It's a Stanford University article, so I'm not going to tend to agree with that. Yeah, Stanford's. They're known. They're they're. Says during the Chernobyl. Is that a community college? <laughs> <laughs> Says during the Chernobyl explosion, about 27 kilograms of cesium-137 were expelled into the atmosphere. After the rapid decay of iodine-131, cesium-137 was the predominant source of radiation and fallout from the Chernobyl explosion. So there you go. So cesium-137 is probably 
probably a pretty well-known <laughs> isotope. <laughs> Well, Fukushima, Japan, says the power plant is completely shut down, and experts believe it'll take a full 40 years or more before the plant is completely decommissioned. Really? That's what it says here. Like Again, just for sources, langsindustries.com. You can go to their blog for radioactive places on Earth. Uh, Chernobyl is still not showing anything. The Polygon during Cold War, Hangford. Yeah. So, that's what that is. That's If you care, that's what that is. Did you know that cesium-137 is produced from the nuclear fission of plutonium and uranium? Wow. I didn't know that. Why would I? Fuck, I love this science stuff, man. I could do this shit all fucking up. God, it just freaking gets my heart rate going, man. I love this. I've never even heard about these other ones. Now i got more homework to do. Hanford, Washington, the Polygon, and Geis, Brazil. More than 250 people were admitted to the hospital. Four who died. Brazilian government was called to clean up the area. But the unprecedented event left radioactive particles spread across a large area. That was in 1987. Oh, shit. Guys, it's one of the most interesting stories. All of, the, all of them are of them all because the radioactive waste was uncovered during a robbery attempt back in 1987. Two men broke into an abandoned hospital hoping that... Told me to sell scrap metal. While there, they noticed a cancer therapy device that contained a glowing blue material. The criminals couldn't exist. I'm reading it right here before your eyes on Lanks Industries. The robbers. They would not have lived through that. I don't think they did. The robberies. The robbers stole the machine, and obviously, the fact the glowing blue material was radio oblivious. Did, okay, I went to Mustang. So if you if you are listeners, you don't know Mustang. Just, just fucking, I'm doing doing my best. God damn you! Leave the man alone. Yeah. He's trying so hard. <laughs> Holy shit, you're beautiful. But that's probably what they thought when they saw that weird, pretty blue. Holy shit, you're beautiful. All right, so oblivious to the fact their glowing blue material was radioactive, they started calling up friends, neighbors, and family to come take a look at this amazing glowing object sadly everyone who headed or heeded the call was exposed to radiation more than 250 people were admitted to the hospital four who died the brazilian government was called to clean up the area but the unprecedented event left the radioactive particles spread across a large area so that's got to be cesium 137 <laughs> it well, it's cancer it's cancer you know it's got to be cesium 137 a glowing blue <laughs> Well, see, oh, I'm reading gosh. this right here, and this is, uh, I don't know who posted this. Um, the question is, does cesium glow blue? Well. And it says, a dangerous glow. Because the exposed cesium chloride gave off an eerie blue glow, it became a popular talking point, which is exactly what it is. <laughs> and if you look at the movies that I'm talking about, is it blue light? Looks like a lightsaber going like a big spotlight going there. Oh, shit. You'll see it whenever, whenever you watch it. or Hell, we watch it. Fuck, we'll have one damn watch I party. fucking want to watch hey, it. I really want to watch it. I'm going to do this. She's falling asleep, too. So <laughs> She was asleep for a little bit. All right, so I want to hit this one. Hanford, Washington, USA. And again, just for a source, just because I don't want to get in trouble for reading their stuff online. I don't know how this works with podcasts. So if you're an attorney, hit me up. 
Uh, LanksIndustries.com is just public deals for radioactive places on Earth. It's their blog that they have. I don't know who Lance or Lanx Industry, I don't know how to pronounce it. Again, look at where I'm school. Anyways, Hanford, Washington, which is obviously here in the USA, for our international listeners. During World War II, the U.S. manufactured plutonium for atom bombs in a quiet town called Hanford, Washington. The materials made there were eventually dropped on Nagasaki. 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 Yeah, I'll take one. Is it a drink? But anyways. Oh my god. Sorry, sorry. Before they dropped like... Nagasaki's, yeah. Before they dropped the second nuclear bomb. Yeah. Then during the Cold War, Hanford's plutonium manufacturing efforts ramped up again in order to produce 600,000 additional nuke weapons. The plutonium plant Hanford is now decommissioned, but see Half-Life's above. We'll go over that again. I read that at the beginning of all this just a few minutes ago. It currently contains roughly two-thirds of our nation's highest radioactive what American waste in both solid and liquid forms. Radioactive waste it has contaminated and estimated 200 square miles of groundwater in the area as well as or as well making wow. Hanford the most radioactive place in the U.S. of America. So this is from LiveScience.com. So sorry, y'all. <laughs> don't don't do this. Um, complete decommissioning of the site, talking about Chernobyl, is expected to be completed by 2028. So you might want to get your ass down there before it is decommissioned. They'll renew it. You think so? I'd imagine so. I don't know. And because you know what's going to happen once they decommission it, people are going to start moving back. And that's going to be a hot spot. Wouldn't cost shit to move back right now. <laughs> I mean, I say that loosely. I mean, I, I don't mean to, you know, to be offensive towards what's going on, but I mean, it's it's a beautiful place. If you look what it is now, you know, since nature's taken over, nature heals. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, is that we as humans, this is, this is a nature world. We're just here, but... And I am one of those hippies that will say that and stand by, but nature's going to fucking win, and nature's going to come back and thrive. And look at pictures of it now in videos. And it's a beautiful place. I mean, you never sure. know it's yeah. you know it's dark history. Uh, I want to hit this one real quick just because the, num- the number amount right here just caught my attention right there. But a uh, quick read here, the Polygon. During the Cold War, the Soviet Union used an area called the Polygon, which is now located in modern-day Kazakhstan. During the period of time, nuclear experts estimated that as many as 400 nuclear weapons were tested in that area. Coffee's going to be fucking heartburn. <laughs> as a result, it considered, it's considered completely uninhabitable. <coughs> uh, I cannot talk with heartburn. A fact that was shamefully not... A fact that has shamefully not been enforced upon... The more than 500,000 people who have lived in the area throughout the past decades. Uh, it's believed that more than 200,000 people are still suffering from radiation sickness at some level due to the exposure of radiation. Fortunately, the immediate area has been abandoned and is completely off limits to visitors. Wow. So. Um, just a fun fact for you. Um... The question on Google is how much is cesium worth? The United States was 100% import reliant for its cesium needs. In 2019, one company offered one gram ampules of 99.8 metal basis cesium for $63. I, I kind of, not because I want to use it, just because I think it'd be kind of cool. I kind of want one. Just to have it. Just to have it, like, that's cesium. 
137. Yeah. Bitches. A slight increase from 6180 in 2018. That's pretty damn cool. Now, I, and honestly, like, just to have it, to say that I have it. Yeah. That's why I want it. Yeah. You know, I, want it to be, I want it to be super safe. I want to have like a glass case, yeah. like where I can put it up on a shelf, you know, surrounded by some kind of protective yeah. barrier. Like you know what's in that? Yeah. CG one Yeah. Put on. <laughs> Need you to put on this tinfoil hat. I got something to tell you. <laughs> I think that'd be cooler than shit. So rest easy, Hisashi Ushi. Thank you for bringing us down this rabbit hole. Yes. If you would have talked about it, I would have looked him up, and we would have just landed where we landed. Him. His story is very, very sad. Very I want to go into I want to go into more detail about him. I think I'm going to have to do some research, take some notes, and write down some shit, and actually give him the respect he deserves. I mean, Absolutely. I think that that'd be a really neat episode, you know, to do because I mean that's it's a very graphic picture for Google. So it is. I'm kind of wondering if that may not be a real one either. Of uh, that. Maybe. I don't know, but either way, I holy shit. Okay. Yeah. That is. Oh my god. Oh my god, really? I believe that is real. Wow. Oof. Click that one. That's his bed. No, that's his back. It's his back? Oh my god. Buttocks. It's his lower back going up. Oof. That's bad. Well, as I said, respects to that guy. There's his hand. Hello. Wow. Poor guy. You ought to read about that dumb shit. David Hahn, the 17-year-old who built a backyard nuclear reactor. Yeah, I'm going to save that for another episode. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to... I read about that a while back. Yes, I don't want to bring a dumbass into something that's, that obviously deserves respect here. That's amazing, though, that yeah, anybody could have this kind of an accident. I mean, fuck that other dude. He's an idiot. But this guy. Yeah, can you believe that? That much radiation? I could go down these rabbit holes till his battery's dead on this thing. <laughs> you know what? I, I think... I think I'm going to do some research. I really want to learn some more about this guy. I'm, I want to talk about that again in a, another, maybe not the next episode, but in certainly an upcoming, upcoming talk show. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, that's pretty much all I had for my topics this week. I have gone through my list. <laughs> I've crossed out yeah. what we talked about. Apparently I didn't need a list tonight. I brought a laptop with me this time and kind of went off on a couple of different tangents. That was. I liked where it went. It Worked was an hour. Good. Yeah, it was great. Kind of went back to the roots. I like um, it. I think I, I do too. That's where we need to go. Sometimes you got to go back to your roots, find yourself again. I think we found it. We're gonna do more nuclear homework and bring it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I think I want to. I, I think I want to find out more about this Fukushima. Yeah. And I think that's going to be my main point for the next episode. So. I'm just gonna write that down before I forget. Do that. I won't forget this. This is, a, this is a hot topic for me. I love this kind of stuff. So we're at an hour and 51 minutes. If you're still hanging out with us or if you fast forward it to the very end, just say you, you stay till the end or whatever. We don't care. We thank you. We appreciate you. Pre, pre, blah, blah, blah. 
Can't even talk. Fuck me. Let's pray, start over. Pray, pray. Yep. <laughs> I was about to have a joke that I'm not going to do on here, and it's not not a good time for it. But I'll save it for after the show for the the off air talk. So, touch up, follow up. We talked a little bit about space, the James Webb Telescope, mm-hmm. and how in our galaxy we have we have the Milky Way and the Chorizo Way, and. The line, the giant building in Saudi Arabia, yep. proposed, proposed yeah, giant proposed building. 100 plus mile. And you know what's funny is that would make one hell of a mall. Uh, sure would. Hell of an outlet mall. Grapevine, step your game up, guys. So, I think it's a good place to end it. Like I said, our few minutes we touched up on that. A little bit more nuclear talk, a little bit more about Chernobyl, Fukushima, and Hisashi Aoshi. We'll have to bring back Aoshi. Aoshi? I don't know how to say that. Aoshi? I, I, I always called him an Aushi. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, and again, like I said, Mike's Industries is where the information is that I was reading. If you want to go see it, that way I want to cover my ass for sor- sourcing their stuff and talking about it or citing their stuff or whatever. I don't know how that works on, you know, in podcast land, but I guess we'll leave it Absolutely. at that. Absolutely, and then, you know, the information that I uncovered from the Stanford University uh, Google search. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Good old Google.com. If you're wondering where we get our information, Google every time. Pretty much. <laughs> and honestly, way, you know it's real, so you know. And, but there's some real shit on there that, you know, there's always going to be bullshit, but there's also real shit with bullshit occasionally, and and I feel like we found two of them that are pretty real. Uh, obviously, we have good sourcing for it. But again, like, share, follow. Please tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your loved ones, or whatever. You know, like, share, follow. I can't say it enough. You know, follow us on Facebook, the Coffee Shop Podcast, or on Instagram, Glocks and Coffee, and the Big Tricky Nick, of course. That's me. And, and of course, TikTok, always Glocks and Coffee and Big Tricky Nick 2.0. That's me. And, <laughs> and if you uh, if you want to meet up at the Hot Air Balloon Fest next weekend, I think we're going to plan on going out there. Shoot us a message, uh, even if you don't know us. Maybe, maybe walk around and look at balloons and... So I think it'd be kind of cool. Maybe kind of nerdy, but I'm, I'm, you know, I like deep sea stuff, and I do like aeronautical shit. I love air, you know. Let's go. Aircraft of all sorts. Come so, on, y'all. It's been fun. I think. That's I think it's a good ending point yeah. for episode seventeen. Good rap for seventeen. Yeah. Catch us eventually for episode eighteen. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Bye now.